I want to give a very big yashkech to my son, Avramali, for setting this up, as he always does, and sending out the emails. And everybody for joining us. And Rabbi Goldman. Because last uh, session that we had before Pesach brought to light something uh, very important, very powerful. We touched on a, uh, a couple of real serious life challenges that people can have without even really being aware. That really struck me. Um, one during this session and one only afterwards. The first one that struck me was when he talked about how people are certain that they know everything there is to know about a given topic. In this case, it was Judaism. And they are, they're quite certain that they know, yeah, Judaism is matzah balls and uh, everything is fine. Nothing that I need to learn about a researcher. And, you know, as, as uh, bizarre as that sounds to us, from our perspective, if we look in the Mishul Sasharim and the Chomos Lavavos, we see how it's quite possible for a person to be certain that even very, very important topics um, have no room for any real learning and even very gifted and brilliant people could think like that. How somebody could think that whatever he learned as a youngster is all there is that he needs to know. Chalmaslava calls it some kind of gaiva. Seems to us bizarre. How could a person think that whatever I learned as a youngster cannot be improved upon? And yet, in some way, there is a koch in a person to believe, like, I know everything there is to know, and to be sort of totally closed off from new learning about something. Without any vicious intent, just plain simply believing that I know whatever there is to know about this already. And that's a very major prevention to a lot of good learning that the person might not even realize. And then Rabbi Goldman touched on the, um, the nature of a person to develop a mindset and it came out afterwards that it might not even be conscious that somehow this mitzvah is not for me, not something that I could relate to, not something that I could even really hope to have any connection with and be part of my life and really in a certain sense cutting myself off from it feeling like okay that's not that's not me that's not who i am and it's just somehow it's not part of, it can't be part of my life also with no um no really bad intentions not in a not in a rebellious kind of way Maybe we'd call it Yish of some sort, but also a very serious kind of a situation. Like Rebbein Yonah shows us that if a person has no intention of keeping one part of the Torah, it puts them into a very different category. And 
we would naturally tend to think even in terms of somebody who is rebelling. <clears throat> and he describes it that way. But I think we came to discover that this can happen almost unaware to the person. And not in a, in a sort of really malicious, rebellious kind of way. Just sort of like giving up. And if that could happen, even without my being fully aware, that's also a very great challenge. And there are others closely related. Why does that happen that a person thinks about something that's, this is just not for me. I can't relate to this. I can't accomplish this. It's probably because the, the pain of failure with regard to it is psychologically unbearable. It's too, too degrading to me, too self-condemning to me. So I have to sort of cut it out. I have to define myself as, I keep this, I don't keep that. Or somehow letting go of it somewhere in my mind. In a similar sense, I heard from one of my good friends, he said, has a hard time embracing even some of the very beautiful, positive ideas that uh, are trying to be presented here because he says, I'm not living like that. I'm not keeping everything that would be the result of this very good, positive, beautiful attitude towards Torah. So how can I embrace it? And it's like, you know, almost amazing because after all, logically speaking, all action can only follow first good learning. How can we expect that we're going to be actually doing everything that we're trying to learn about? We have to first learn, we have to first appreciate, we have to first absorb, then it can translate into action. But yet, it seems there could be a fear that this is, this is going to be too painful for me. I'm going to be aware that there's um, all that good out there, and I'm not engaged in it yet. Oh, no, no, that's going to mean that I'm not good. That's going to be that somehow I'm, I'm not a good Jew, somehow. I'll relate to it in a very uncomfortable way, in a very condemning way. So I sort of protect myself. Somebody shared with me just tonight that the uh, idea that we saw in the Ramban of remembering Hashem, saving us from Mitzrayim, Hashem personally saving us, providing us with everything we needed in the Midbar, trying to apply that even in our regular life successes. So much love, so much closeness. Could be, you know, a scary thought. What am I going to owe for that? And it could, it could cause a person to sort of shy away from it because the, the natural mindset is, well, that means that I'm going to be so obligated who knows if I could possibly live up to the obligation that's going to come from so much kindness from Hashem. And we find this idea even in the Gemara. 
So there are many very real challenges in our relationship to Tarimitzvahs. And in the course of the past couple of weeks, I got to hear a little bit about other real life challenges, very valid ones. And to the people that are involved, it's a little bit frightening. There's, there's some kind of a uh, disturbance in the good communication in marriage. A person could start to wonder, maybe I married the wrong person. He's a wonderful young man. She's a wonderful young lady. But things are not going smoothly. I could be, I could really be frightened. Or there could be other real, real valid conflict of needs that could be very hard to manage. That could also cause a lot of uh, worry, a lot of fear. So it's really very important, very needed part of life to have a good way to relate to our challenges. If there is one, how good would that be to be able to see our challenges, not in a way that we have to accept them grudgingly, but in a way that we won't be afraid to know them. We won't be afraid to face them. On the contrary, we'll be able to look at them with strength, with almost with a desire for it or a positive feeling towards it. And that would enable us to be very much more relaxed say okay this is this is what i have and i could i could engage it i can embrace it i could address it i could do my part in this and i think there's something in the maharal that could help us very much we've touched on it but i don't think we focused on it um, as much as it really deserves and it's, um, it's a means of really changing our view in a very good way, in a very powerful way, towards seeing so much of our life very, very differently, very much better. And that's where it explains the mission of us that says, the Fom Tsaira Agra. I think it may need a little help from the Ramchal also, but together, I think there could be something good. He's explaining what does it mean that the reward for a mitzvah that comes with difficulty, that comes with pain, is greater. Why is the reward greater? Is it just some kind of a bonus, some kind of a consolation prize? Is there a real process to it? Morale explain, explains that there is a real process to it. Just to focus on a couple of lines, sort of in the middle of the piece, that top right corner where it says, I'm just going to try to uh, say it in the English. When he's, he's starting first in human relationship, when there is some barrier, some prevention, 
that prevents a person from coming close to another person. And with his strength, with his very good effort, we could suggest maybe you with some good ingenuity, with some good advice, he's able to push away that prevention, to get around that barrier, get over that barrier, and come close. It will show how great is his power to connect there, to attach himself to come close to the other person. And how close he is to that one who he comes close to really innately within himself, in his core. That he's able to push away that barrier, that prevention and come close. There's a, there's a real barrier to the relation, to a close relationship. But because of the inner closeness, he's able to overcome that barrier. That brings him close. That shows how close he really is. In the same way, when a person fulfills a mitzvah, even with pain, even with difficulty, even with some prevention against it, of course, we can imagine you know, extreme examples there's a there's a deal on the table for a lot of money, but maybe it's a little bit shady. So there's a big challenge here to let it go, to say no, thank you, and stick to MS. And a person accomplishes that. One there, of course, many other similar examples. With his strength, with his conviction, with his recognition of what is truly good, of what is right. This will show the great closeness that he has to Hashem. And when he has that great closeness, there's no doubt that the reward is greater because the reward is only according to the closeness that he has to Hashem. Like I said earlier, the Melech bestows his goodness, his malchus to those that are close to him. So it seems to be creating the closeness and also revealing the closeness, revealing the inner closeness that is at the core of those good actions, those good choices, that real strength that is being manifest is coming from the inner closeness that the person has. But how is this brought out? How is this accomplished? Only because there's a barrier, there's a prevention, there's some difficulty. The mitzvah was very easy, it also has value, but it would not be bringing out and showing to the person himself that true closeness that he has with Hashem to thereby connect to it in the fullest way. Only when there's that challenge, that barrier, that prevention, that when he's able to overcome it with his strength or with his sincerity, with his good effort, with his good learning, that that, that closest is thereby created 
and also discovered within himself. So if we take a step back, I think we could probably re realize that when we hear this concept, typically we think of it as referring to like unique kind of situations, that kind of, uh, you know, out of the ordinary, great challenge, a lot of money on the table, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm validly <laughs> sort of pulled, and I could hold back. Somebody insulted me, hurt me. I can get him back. I could even the score. I hold back. And of course, I give a bracha to all my friends. That's a situation where we could relate to. Is a real challenge. Things of like unique powerful nature where it's very clear to us that there's this battle here. There's this temptation here. But I think if we stop to think, we can realize that really all the untold number of life situations and human characteristics that are within us are all formed of barriers to the closest to Hashem. These are all aspects of what the Ramchal says is in Yoni Chesaron that Hashem created in the Bria. For a person to be able to achieve what he needs to achieve that has to be created for him in Yoni Shleimus, aspects that are innately producing the closest to Hashem, and in Yoni Chesaron, prevention barriers of all sorts. We're used to thinking in terms of, you know, things that are very clear-cut. You know, blatant Yetzirahara, Midas Reis, Gaiva, Taiva. Those are things that we relate to. But the truth is that anything in a person that causes him to be pulled away from closest to Hashem, is also one of those barriers that are given to us for only this purpose. So the real, the real first step is to ask ourselves, this nature that we have, this tendency that we have, this weakness that we have, this mindset, this natural kind of feeling that we have, whatever it might be, that sort of holds us back. Who made it? Who created it? Of course, only Hashem. For what purpose? There can only be one purpose. The purpose of everything in the Bria. For us to come close to Hashem. Oh, but this is taking me away. Exactly. This is a power. This is something within me that has the ability to take me away. It can be very, very natural, very understandable. I didn't choose anything bad here. It's not my fault that I have this. Of course not. Hashem gave it to you. <laughs> Gives it to us as a gift of having the challenge to overcome, to deal with, to somehow rise above get around, get underneath. 
the, the, the goal here now is not to try to address any specific challenges, but just to be able to not be afraid of them, not look at them as something like, okay, I have to accept it, how have I not to have it? Of course, we're not, we're not looking for Nisiyanis, you know, even Davin. We want to be serving Hashem and we're not, so to speak, like self-confident of being able to be successful. But whatever nature that we have, which there are untold number that make any relationship more difficult, any mitzvah more difficult, any shmirah, any undesired behavior more difficult, that's also all part of what Hashem designed to give us the capacity to have what to overcome and come close to Hashem. And then we don't have to be afraid of discovery. Oh yes, I have a nature that I feel I know everything there is to know about this topic. Yes, that's a nature that I have. Hashem designed that. It's my mission to try to address it, to find the way how not to be limited by that. Hashem gave me a nature to, to have difficulty with the mitzvah, even fall into a state of mind of, that's not really for me. And to be aware, oh, that's a state of mind that Hashem created me with a propensity for. Okay, I can recognize that. I could try to find a way to deal with that. Etc. Sometimes the very awareness is itself perhaps the most helpful ingredient to get sort of in control of things or not be overwhelmed by things. The mere fact that I know that I have a natural tendency to think or feel a certain way and that that is not a proof of who I truly am is enough to help me very much. I think I'd like to pause here to get any and all reaction before I go to one more point that I'd like to uh, focus on. If there's anything here that makes sense to anybody, please share that with me. And if not, you definitely have to share that with me. Okay. Go ahead, Abu. So, again, for 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 somebody who's struggling, and they feel like they can't uh, overcome a certain yitzhar or whatever it is, right? So, how is how 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 are you saying that knowing that conquering it shows you're close to Hashem, where? They're not conquering it, so they don't feel they have a close Sasha. Right. So I'm suggesting I'm suggesting that the first step is to see it as it truly is, because one of the most um, sort of uh, I don't know, damaging, most negative aspects of it is how I feel about myself when I have this struggle. But if I could take a step back, as if, you know, I'd be looking at somebody else and look at it and say, wow, what a powerful 
struggle Hashem created in the Mitch. I did not like wish for this. I did not create this of myself. Okay, of course it could be that you know if I make a wrong choice, things get harder. But the essential conditions, Hashem is still placing there, and that that progression also Hashem made. So Hashem put in place all of this that it should exist in a person. For what purpose did Hashem make this? Oh, Hashem made this for only one purpose, as a means for me to come close to Him. If, if my mindset will be, oh, that means I can do it in an instant, that's, that's also not going to be productive. Because, like the Guru teaches us, we need to go step by step. Gurucham said, don't jump to Shammai. So we have to be accepting that, although we can hope that things will turn around and you never know when there might be a breakthrough. We should employ all good means. But at the same time, we should not be defining ourselves based on having this very powerful challenge that's placed in our in our hands to deal with of course there's a, there's a subject that's that could be a person's main growth from where he has the greatest challenge but we don't even need that that's that's that, that, that that's terrific but the ikunakuda is that i should know what is this all about why did hashem make this there's only one explanation there's only one purpose for it Okay, now I can try whatever I can, as best I can, with hoping to Hashem for his help to try to find the path. We would we, be delighted if it will come very fast. If it takes some time, the Iker is how things, Iker of Tshuva that is the direction I'm going in. I'm going the right direction. I'm attempting, I'm engaged. The The the, the really bad situation is where the person either not aware, totally lost, or totally shut down. But if I say, oh, Shem gave me this to try to work at, and I'm ready to engage in that, I'm hoping for his help. So then there's no, there's no self-condemnation. There's no, there's no need to escape from it. There's no need to shut it down. It could be, not, not just I can accept it. I am, I'm, I'm recognizing it. I'm embracing it. I'm knowing it. It goes so far. The morale says that one of the ways that Torah is nicknamed, the Mishnah says, is makaris makaymai. Morale explains that that means that a person has to be aware of his being lacking before he learns Torah. If he doesn't know he's lacking, then he's not even worthy of receiving the Torah because the Torah is to bring a person to completion, to be mashlamim. If in his mind he's already shalim, so then what does he need hashlama for? Of course he needs it, but if, if he doesn't have the awareness of it, he will not be able to really recognize it. He will not be able to achieve what's meant to be achieved, to see how the Torah brought him from a state of deficiency to a state of 
greater completion. So it's not only that through the struggle and through some measure of success, we'll be discovering who we really are, that we have that inner ability, inner strength, inner closeness to take on the struggle and be involved in it. And Hashem will be successful to some degree. But even before that starts, we need to know clearly the element of deficiency that we have, as best we could, to able to see how something of the Torah, and there's the overall Hashpah that the Chazanish writes about, and there's a direct information in the Torah, and the advice of the Torah, and the sharpening of the mind that helps the person to understand himself better, and to use all parts of Chachma, with Yashus, that will enable him to gain some measure of Ashlam. And that will be a real accomplishment. So, understanding it, knowing it, as best we can know it, in its true form, is the first step towards then receiving Torah and receiving the effect of the Torah. That's the Iker Tachman of the Torah. So this is the system that Hashem designed. Hashem designed a system like the Ramchal says, a very complex system. Have to be a lot of protein for this, a lot of details, a lot of inyonesh lemus, taryag mitzvahs and drabonans and midas and all everything that's involved, and all the aspects of the yitzharah and all the chesrodes in a person and all the koyches in a person that take him away, also have to be there to remove it from himself, to overcome that, to to gain the closeness, to forge the closeness. And it seems to the morale clear, it's even in the human relationship. If everything will be nice and smooth and easy, like Disney and live happily ever after, then there won't be any accomplishment. There won't be any real creation of closeness. And there won't be any discovery of the real closeness. And I was able to engage this challenge and overcome it. It's only through the fact that there is a need for good work that that true closest can be discovered and can be achieved. So it's not a cause for fear or dismay or being afraid, maybe I married the wrong person. Of course, there could be situations where something is not able to be worked out. I hope those are, you know, much more rare. But, um, there'll be plenty of opportunities for good work. And that's how that closeness is created and discovered. It's there within a person. We have it within us for each other and for Hashem. But we need the life situations to bring it out. Chazal says, one mitzvah with difficulty is a hundred times more. And the more difficulty, Bishol says, the more. It's just exponentially increased. So then that, that challenge, that difficulty, that need for a lot of work until somehow we crack through is... And it's, it's not our place to enter into the Hashem's Cheshbainus of you know, why is there a challenge that seems to be so difficult. It's beyond our understanding. So it's not Kedai for us to try to uh, figure that out. 
we could just try to see it for what it is, not with like a, a resignation to reality, not with a grudging acceptance, but with a full recognition, oh, this is the Bria Hashem, for the sake of what? Enabling me to come close to him. He knows what I need for that. Sometimes some things are like really hard to understand why it should be that way. And that's the opportunity for good Muna to accept that the Abishta knows why he's doing this, why this needs to be the way it is. Um, okay, how did that sound? Okay, your hope was okay. You don't have you don't have to be with the vein to respond. You could very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have to step away, Ruben, you know, like, no, 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 no problem. Uh, I didn't have to step away, I just I had my screen on something else. <laughs> not a problem, not a problem. So um I just wanted to focus on one particular kind of challenge that is of seemingly quite universal, which is very fascinating that Rav Dessler talks about in the famous um, Kuntras HaBechira. One of the um, very amazing, what shall we say, Kaychas of Chesaron, that the Abishta designs in a person, is very vividly described by Rav Dessler in, his, um, in the very beginning of his Kuntrasan Bechira and Chelek Aleph, where he describes the thinking of a smoker. And I think it would be very worthwhile for us to try to see if we could find something like this in our life. And he poses the question, somebody who's a chain smoker, at the end of the day, is in agony, coughing, can barely fall asleep. And he swears to himself, he's not going to smoke the next day. What happens the next day? He wakes up in the morning and he has a desire to smoke. So what does he say to himself? One cigarette won't hurt me. That's the, that's the first one. And then a little while later, comes the urge again. And what does he say to himself? One, one more won't hurt me. And what happens? He smokes through the day again. And what happens that night? Same thing plays out. And the same thing the next day. So he says, Tesla says, amazingly, if you place before him the two choices, the two results, the pleasure that he gets from smoking or the pain that he gets from smoking, which one will he choose? Which was more powerful? That's for sure the pain that comes, the avoidance of the pain is more powerful in the person, more desirable than the pleasure that comes from smoking. That's why 
when he has a clear mind at the end of the day, he's swearing to himself, he's not going to do it again. So why does he do it again? He says again, it cannot be that his desire for the smoking is more powerful. Because then why does he need to tell himself, just one cigarette won't help me? Let him say, it's worth it to me to suffer the pain in order to have the pleasure of the smoking, and I don't care. No, it's not worth it to him. So what is happening? How does this happen? So he says, and I say, it's, it's worth if we could try to watch and see if we could find this in our life. A person has the capacity to shut off logic and just enter into fantasy land. To, to just ignore this, the, the place of seichel, of intellect, of logic in the mind, and just actively, purposely ignore that and, and just leave it aside. Go into a world of imagination and tell myself, one cigarette won't harm me. And we could find a situation in life where something like that is happening, where there's some point where the, the wiser part of our intellect is telling us this is not a good idea, and we just decide to ignore that. That is the point of Bechira. And that itself is a power in the person a person has a power of Bechira to ignore the logic. It's not a matter of being sort of fooled unconsciously. Like we tend to think about that I'm not even aware that I'm being deceived by my desires. No, I'm clearly aware that I am just ignoring and putting aside logic, intellect, truth, and I'm going into Dimyan fantasy world or wherever I want to be that will not be listening to the voice of truth that is ready to speak to me. <laughs> that is maybe even already speaking to me. And I could turn away from it and just follow my heart's desire. That is itself a unique koach in the person. Again, the goal here is not to find the solutions to all these very good, very real challenges. It stands to reason that, like the Chobos says, the power of strengthening the intellect through Lima Torah will make it harder for this to happen. The Seicha will be stronger to not be pushed away by that power of what he calls foolishness, ignoring the Seichel. But I think that if we can watch for it and notice it, that itself could be very, very helpful. Because at least we could see, oh, this Koach is now about to take over. This Koach is now trying to function. I don't have to give in to it. It is not an absolute power. It is a power. It is a koach and a person. Hashem designed this. He has very good reason why. It's a very good challenge towards the 
however closest to Hashem. It needs to be overcome or avoided or somehow tunneled under. And um, I think as something that it's very worthwhile trying to watch for and see if we could find this in our life. Can we find a place, even if we're not smoking, hopefully, where we could see, oh, here's where I'm about to let go of my intellect and go into fantasy. Should I shut it down? Just not listen to it. Say, hold it, listen to it. It's right. It's good. It's scary for me. It's what's better for me. It's what I really hold on. What I really want. Oh, okay. Everything is good. I'm not going to lose out anything as a result. And in a similar way, we could try to do that with many areas of challenge and see them as what they are. Oh, a powerful challenge that Hashem has created. A powerful aspect of prevention, of barrier, of, of difficulty that needs to be addressed and overcome that will bring me closer in a very powerful way. And, uh, I think we can definitely hope that if we're sincere and we're trying to do this, that we'll receive the Siat Shmaya because of the Dershad and Baitzalech and anybody who's here and listening, anybody still is here and listening, it's certainly not category because why else did we come here, you know, not to learn about these things. And um, I think it stands to reason that all that we're learning tonight will be most effective if we're able to be accepting of our deficiencies, because then we will see how this aspect of Taira is really helping us to go from a state of deficiency into a state of more better completion and closest to Hashem. And then it will be worthy of really understanding this piece of Taira and really absorbing it and really grasping it because of course it has infinite levels of understanding. So by, by embracing our challenges, by knowing our challenges, we'll be able to be Zeicha to receive the Taira that will thereby help us to grow above them as a ship. Okay, if anybody has anything to uh, share, that's uh, of course most welcome, like always. Any reaction is welcome. <laughs> Just smiling is also great. Moisha, shkoyach. <laughs> Don't think like I expect that, but I'm eager to hear anything that, you know, this might trigger in your mind or heart in any manner, shape, or form, including if ever is necessary um, to tell me that to make, did not make any sense to us whatsoever. As I've been told, we had no idea what you're talking about. So it won't be, won't be the, you won't be the first one. You don't have to be afraid. Okay, go ahead, Simcha. Yeah, Rebbe. Uh, so, so I, you know, I, I, I like the example that you gave of the smoker, and I'm just thinking that we all have our own challenges. 
you know, you, you know that in a sense, we need to take what we just spoke about and, and talk it out. And, uh, you know, almost, almost like, a, like a test lab type of thing where, where, where you need to dissect it in a way. Um, but I have to say, it's very hard to do that yourself. <laughs> you know? Yes. Remind me that so there was one year there was one year that the Rashiva and Elul was stressing very much uh, to employ the method of uh, good friends getting together to try to look for ways and means to be more successful in, in the areas that uh, we all share challenges in life. You never know who will come up with a good idea and just discussing it. It was also very helpful, like you're saying. And we asked, why is this so important? Why is Rashiva stressing it so much? And he said, because what the Yitzhahara wants the most is to get us alone in a dark alley. So it's very helpful if we have a Chavar or anybody that we could talk to. Very, very helpful. Um, it's also good to know, the Rashiva used to say sometimes that people come, you know, to speak to him and they think that their problem is a unique one like no one else ever had. And it, and it turns out to be the same one like everybody has. So we never have to be a concern that like, well, maybe we have something that other people aren't struggling with. More or less, the most things are quite universal. But you remind me that where our Volbi is discussing this topic, he writes explicitly that a person should speak to himself as if he's speaking to another person and sort of convince himself of you know, what is the truth in this matter. So you're like touching on it precisely, but you are correct that it's easier if it's with a live person <laughs> than if we have to do it, you know, just in the privacy of our own mind. Or, you know. <laughs> the Chavik Chaim is talking to himself. He would, he would give himself good, um, you know, demanding. So Mayor, he would speak to himself very um, sincerely and powerfully. So we don't have to do it that way. We could do it very lovingly and say, Curry, you know that that's not really good for you. <laughs> you know you don't really need that. <laughs> you know who's talking to you. Like when Shiva came to his father and said, oh, no good, I did this, I did that. And his father said, well, uh, does it help you learn better or worse? He said, worse. He said, you know who's talking to you. So we can also talk to ourselves and say, whose voice is that that's telling me you're no good and you're, 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 not, you're not good enough and everybody else can do it and you can't do it? Is that your voice? Is that, is that what you really believe? No, no, no. no. That's just, a, that's the challenge voice. <laughs> that's the voice of the challenge. <laughs> okay, let it go. Let it go. But, you know, um, it's very, very good for us to be there for each other. And um, that's one of the best things that we can offer to each other to be a good listening ear. It's very, very important to have that in life. I hear that. I hear that. I have two thoughts. One, um, it's worth, you know, trying to see what happens. But I have a hope that if this happens enough times, we're... The pull towards shutting down the intellect comes, but I choose not to. So then that becomes like also a new habit. That when that pull 
of letting go of the intellect and going into fantasy arises, the way I respond to it, the way I'm becoming almost habituated to respond to it is, no, no, stick with the intellect. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna now respond to that pull. That could also become like a a stimulus and a reaction to that stimulus, a new developed kind of a reaction to that kind of stimulus. That's one hoped for thought or thought for hope that um, I think there's something that could help us in terms of when we sit down in a you know, good quiet moment and we try to make a decision for ourselves of what we want to do in a given situation and we come to a clear recognition of what we really hold to trust that, to like give that in, in our own life a lot of respect, to say like, I thought this through already, I, I anticipated this situation, in, in the point of good clarity, I decided this is the behavior that I want for myself in this situation. So that's what I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna trust my, my prior decision and not rethink it. Sort of like when the Satan is coming to Avram and saying, Hashem is gonna tell you, and Avram says, I'm going. I really like, you know, I heard the Nevoah, I decided this is what Hashem said, told me, and this is where I'm going, and I'm not getting derailed, and I'm not going to rethink it, and I'm not going to re-argue it out again. <laughs> so that's another hope that could help us. Hopefully. You say, like, it's like, it's very worthwhile to, like, really think it through, as opposed to just, like, relying upon my basic sincerity, my basic values. No, I, I know this is going to be coming. This is going to be coming. We had a session a while back which was called planning a preemptive strike. So when I know of what kind of situation is going to arise and I could make a prior decision of how I want to act and react in that situation, hopefully that could uh, be maintained. Not a guarantee, not automatic by any means, but like it's a stronger foundation. I'll give you a very mundane example. Sometimes, like, like, like just before lunch is starting, somebody comes over to ask me a question. And I think to myself, well, if I really answer him, who knows? Maybe I'll, you know, who knows? Maybe there won't be enough food left. <laughs> it's not such a rational fear. Or maybe just like, you know, it's, I'm a little tired, a little hungry. But it really makes sense to let go of that, you know, personal need or fear. And answer the question and give the person the time that they need. So if the decision has to be made, it could be a little harder. If it's already planned out before, okay, when this happens, which is going to happen, this is what I hold I should do. Okay. Then I can just go back to that and say, okay, this is what we decided should be.
the approach. Okay, now it's fine. That's not such a hard one. So the suggestion is to recognize that as also a unique kind of challenge that we have. That there is that koach within us also to adopt that kind of a mindset towards this. And then ask myself, but do I really believe that, that, that uh, Hashem gave the Torah and some of it is not for me? Do I really believe that that's what Hashem holds? That that is the truth? Do I really believe that in my heart of hearts? No. But I'm thinking this. Oh, that means that Hashem put into me a koach to think this way, even though I do not really believe it to be true, whether consciously or semi-consciously, even me consciously. But I could question, I could say, well, that is a mindset that is designed within me to develop that is not a reflection of who I truly believe I, I am or could be or want to be. So, okay, how does that, how can that be addressed? It's not just going to vanish necessarily because I recognize it. There could be some things that might vanish when I recognize it. <laughs> that they just, they cannot bear being recognized. <laughs> Once they're recognized, they're over. But I once had that. That's for a different time. She helped me with something. But um, um, even if something is not automatically resolved by the fact that's recognized, at least I recognize it for what it is. This is the this type of mindset is the creation of Hashem. It's a powerful aspect of Hasarum that he put into the Bria that needs to be there to bring out oh so much closeness. How is he gonna do that? Okay, we don't know yet. <laughs> it's gonna be quite a journey. When I find the answer, I have to make sure to bring it to the table on a future Sunday night. That's here for everybody. The invitation is open. Maybe now my Goldman will address it. So, uh, does that make sense? Okay, great. Okay, the boys say. I think this is a good pausing point. Yashakayach for being with us. And Aslecha uh, Rabba. And all of this, and Bukhalanyan. And once again, thank you to everyone. Avi, David, Zach, Simcha, Simcha. Hello. Have a good night. Go ahead. Thank you. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Rabbi. Good night. Thank you. Have a good night. Good.